weird to be up here. Actually. I'm gonna sit in the chair. Yes, and take a look up, Danny. If anyone can't find the seat, there's more seats in there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so can we just be, you know, when we were having this conversation before, you know, and let's just be vulnerable. And we're all broken. You know, and we, for some reason, we keep coming. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this was a very hard meet. You know, very hard weekend dealing with emotions. You know, and we had this meeting Monday, and then I kept thinking of things that I said and repenting. It's still a things of my reactions. You know, because if I, I allow myself, you know, and I don't try to cover up, I'm still have, having a hard time dealing with everything that happened. You know, dealing with the, the, the missing people, missing relationships, missing, you know, something that got, was so real in my life. You know, and one, one thing that I found is, you know, I kept going back to, you know, in one of my classes we were reading this last week about the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are the, the core and the root of God making a covenant with the people. You know, He took them out of Egypt, delivered, dealt with Pharaoh, with the gods of this Egypt, delivered them, Passover, and took them to the wilderness. Moses went up to the mountain and came down with two tablets. Ten commandments. Or in, in Hebrew tradition is ten words. And basically, what those ten words are dealing with is our relationship to become a people in, in a covenant relationship with God we have we, what we call commandments or these words that deal with our relationship with God individually and then our relationship with one another. That was the first covenant, right? And then Christ came as the new covenant, establishing a new covenant, and he said, I'm going to read here in uh, John, no, 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 sorry, Matthew 22, verse, starting with verse 36, it says, Teacher, which command in God's law is the most important? Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your passion, and prayer, and intelligence. This is from the Message Bible. This is the most important. 
command. The first one on the list. But there's a second one to set alongside it. Love others as you love yourself. These two commands are like fans. Everything God's law and the prophets hangs from them. Everything is based on my relationship with God, but my relationship with God depends on my relationship with one another. We heard so many times that the kingdom's relationship. So last week I read out of Malachi. This is also from the Message Bible. Malachi 3.16 Then those who, whose lives honored God got together and talked it over. God saw what they were doing and listened. So I was thinking about that. They either were not talking to each other before, or the way that they were talking to each other was not the way that God wanted to listen to. The way that we talk to each other matters because it will make God listen or not. When we talk to each other without God involved, we create a tower of Babel and he comes and destroys everything. That's what happened. You know, in the tower of Babel, they were one. They were being able to communicate. They were coming together. They were being able to do things together. But they forgot the first commandment. You love your God. Their motivation in the tower of Babel was not to honor God, to love God. It was to build a name for themselves. They weren't looking to achieve their own goals. They took God out of the picture. Actually, I was listening to this video of this guy and said they were trying to build something to take over the heavens, take over God's kingdom. They were like actually provoking God. And God came in and created confusion so that they could not talk to each other anymore. So Malachi is the last prophet of the Old Testament. And then it's like a, a prophecy that one day there will be a way of communication again. One day the relationships are going to be restored. One day they're going to come together and then finally they're going to listen again. Because they're going to have a right spirit in their communication. And they're going to include me because one of the, remember, Moses came with two tablets. And I don't know which words were written in each tablet, right? But you, one tablet without the other is not. Your relationship with God without your relationship with one another is nothing. You cannot break one and think that you, you, the other one is enough. You cannot just walk together and, and, and have fun together. You know, without making God first. So I, I this is what I, I it's so real to me because 
I'm going to read uh, John 17, and we always read this, right? This is also from the Message Bible, verse 22. This is the Lord's Prayer talking to the Father about His disciples. And He's saying, The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So that they will be as unified and together as we are. I in them and you in me. Then they will be mature in this loveness. This is to me it's important because just like the Son is nothing without the Father and without the Holy Spirit. I will never reach the fullness of what I'm supposed to be in God without oneness, without relationships. And it's hard because we all have been hurt in relationships. And the tendency is just to walk away, forget it. You know, when we, we talk about that, we struggle. Am I ever going to trust again in relationships? Am I going to, you know, like, even test the waters again. But the, on the other hand, healing and restoration and reconciliation will only come through relationships. So you cannot have one without the other. You know, I, I can e either choose to get isolated and, and walk away and lick my wounds the rest of my life, or I'm going to have to come back in the atmosphere where God is looking for us to communicate with one another so that He can listen. And then the flow of the Holy Spirit will bring the healing, the reconciliation, and the, the, the restoration. So I believe that in relationships, we are to grow, to be equipped, healed, learn to use our gifts, and receive each other gifts. But God has to be the center. He is still the first love. There is no uniformity in true oneness. And this is important because oneness is made up of diversity. We cannot expect everybody to be on the same page. And we cannot push one another through. That's Job chapter 2. Each one is walking their own path. You know, it gave me the picture of the body of Christ that, that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 12, right? It said, every member is led by the head. It's not the right hand telling the left hand what to do. It's not the right foot telling the left foot when to step up. They all hear from the head. There's only one head. There's only one spirit. And every, the connection of each person, each member to the head is very important. But at the same time, each member depends on the other. A lot of times my left hand cannot do everything that my right hand can do. So there is no uniformity in oneness. When we try to create uniformity, we are suppressing and oppressing others. 
In oneness, we each must discover who we are and how we function in community. The problem is that when we come in community like we are right now, we are raw. And we have triggers. And, and we can touch one another. And those triggers flare up. And we react. In what God is looking to create, there is diversity and variety of experiences and expressions, of gifts and talents, of personalities and backgrounds. It's like the, the New Testament. The whole New Testament is Paul dealing with the different backgrounds. Jews and Gentiles, slave and free, men and women. And there were divisions and there were like competition, and there were issues in the churches. And it's like, you have to prefer one another. You have to love one another. You have to respect the differences and not, you know, force one another to do or, you know, eat like you eat or keep the Sabbath like you keep the Sabbath. You know, let everybody find their own expression. Because it's actually not based on what you do, but it's based on how you communicate and how you love one another and how you're going to grow, not trying to create a conformity, but how to come together as a body. You know, in the Old Testament, the word for uh, congregation of Israel, I think it's kahal in the Hebrew, but when the, the Old Testament was translated to Greek in the Septuagint, the, word, the Greek word used for congregation is ecclesia, which is just the gathering. So what, why do we gather? We gather because God made a covenant with the ecclesia. And without the gathering, we are not in a covenant with God. One of the biggest problems, this is what I was meditating this week, that I'm discovering, is the tendency that we have to assume that because we have been in the same church, we all have the same experience. And we know exactly where each person is. And that's not the truth. You know, I was, you know, I, 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 like in the New Testament, you know, churches. You know, some were Gentiles. You know, and I am, you know, my Brazilian background is different than yours. And each one was raised in a different household. You know, and even though we, we, we were, we are a part of this church, we still have different experiences. And we have to come together respecting those differences. So, the thought to me is, and we talk about this so much, that there is no maturity or growth in isolation and without relationships. When I started my notes, I was like, why am I still here? You know, because I'm looking for relationships that will 
be part of my maturing, my growth, where I'm going to be equipped by the speaking the truth to one another in love, the body builds itself up. The problem again is we're hurt. And a lot of, a lot of us are probably like having an issue with trust. The kingdom principles are all about relationships. The Ten Commandments, I'm gonna let's get to no no before we get there. For me the two talents represent the two commandments that Jesus talked talked about. To love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. When God created they made that covenant with Israel, what that really meant was I'm going to set an example for all the other nations and they're going to see how blessed Israel is because of their relationship with me. I'm going to be their God. They're going to be my people. And the way that they relate to each other is going to be different than the way that other nations relate to each other. Right? And remember that they were barbarians. They were idolaters. You know, they, they could plunder and kill and annihilate each other because there was no law, right? Israel was supposed to be an example for all other nations of what kingdom on earth would look like. The kingdom on earth would look like a people, an ecclesia, relating and loving God above everything else. And then loving one another. And this is why we come together to worship, relate, walk in the Word, to make a covenant with God and with one another. One of the issues that we have about the people of Israel is we come with conditions. They came with idols. They were idol worshippers in Egypt. Moons. And we need healing and we need restoration. We need to find out who we really are and how to relate. And to use the gifts that each one has for the growth of the body of Christ. When we read so many times the word to equip the saints, one of the meanings is Bring healing. To equip means to bring healing. It's like to set a bone back in the place, a broken bone. Mm -hmm. It's bringing shalom, bringing peace, bringing reconciliation. The same word, the same Greek word, is used when the, the disciples were mending nets. There was brokenness in the connections, in the relationship. The ecclesia is supposed to be this net, bringing people to God, bringing reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. But when there is brokenness in the net, you need equipping, you need mending. And we are in the need of mending. We are in need of the saints being equipped 
so that they can come together and speak the truth to one another in love. You know, and then we, we could go all the whole New Testament and, and study all the issues that the churches were facing and that Paul was trying to address and how, almost like explaining how you're going to love your neighbor as you love yourself. How you're going to love your God and not look for any other God. You know, and then the main thing is We need love. Because without love, everything turns into law. Turns into a commandment, an obligation. And we receive love from God, but we also receive love from one another. And that's why we need one another. In the description of God's people as the body of Christ, you see that there is only one head, Christ. And all the members are directed by the head, but they are all connected to each other. So this is, I'm not going to read the whole thing, Exodus 21 to 17, but this is, these are the, the Ten Commandments. So the first four is, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And you're going to remember the Sabbath day. Four. These four are related to each one's relationship with God. I am the Lord your God. And if He's the Lord my God, and I love Him, and He loves me. Why do I need other gods? Why am I going to go, you know, violate this relationship? Why am I going to risk the chance of breaking the net again? You know, breaking the connection. So, you shall have no other guys before me. If there's love, it's not a commandment. It's just like, easy. You know, I don't want to risk, you know, violating this connection because this connection is so important to me. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. I think that this also means you don't want to violate the, the connection, the relationship. You know, I'm not going to just use this, His name, or mention his name, and then you can, you know, have a lot of theological explanations of what does it mean to use his name in vain. But I think it's like, you're going to respect the relationship. And it takes seven, because you want that day. You know, you're going to trust that he's going to take care of you. And you can take a day just to spend with him. Right? Now the next six. Honor your father and your mother. Right? We know that this is the only one with a promise. That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. So you're going to honor. Because they brought you forth. Even if they're not perfect, you know, you're going to honor them. And you're going to forgive. And you're going to 
man, try to man that relationship. You shall not murder. Why? Because you love your neighbor as you love yourself. So it's not even a commandment. You're gonna, it's based on the relationship. It's based on the love. And remember, and that's one of the things that was really real to me, is that when I'm angry, I'm a murderer. That's when Jesus came and he was talking about this and saying, I did not come to abolish the law. Mm-hmm. And he, he used these verses in the Beatitudes or in the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, You shall not commit adultery. And then Jesus said, But if you look, you've done it. Right? You shall not steal. Why? Because I'm, I love my neighbor. I'm going to prize above everything the relationship. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Again, why? Because of the relationship and because of the love. You shall not covet. Oh, so that makes sense what Jesus said. He said, everything in God's law and the prophets came from them. These two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your passion, prayer, and intelligence. And love others as well as you love yourself. So even though it was a, a hard difficult week. You know, it's still dealing with a lot of the needs that we have to take necessary steps for the mending and the restoration. You know, in, in our communication. In a way that God will listen. In a way that will be pleasing to the Lord. I think that we, we need to be looking I'm confessing. I need to be looking for a right spirit. And I have to be looking for a way that love will prevail. That forgiveness will prevail. You know, that uh, our drive and determination to move forward will be more important than talking about the past. More important than solving the problems and, and, and do our laundry. I think that my laundry that's what, what, what I was thinking a lot about the conversation that we had. And I have a lot of dirty, dirty laundry, but it's between me and the Lord. You know, I have had issues, I have thinking beings, I have seen things and heard things that I don't want to bring up. I don't want to bring up. I don't want to have to keep spreading or bringing back things that are personally between me and the Lord. And if I have anything against anybody, I have to go work that out. 
and not bring it up here. You know, because that would be a violation of the relationship. One thing that I've heard so many times is this is from uh, the little book, Violent Proclamation. And it says, God is dealing with his people in order to bring forth sons who will worship him. He desires sons who will praise his name and do his will. Many past movements have probably come near to obtain what God wanted. But they were missing one important element. They had the truth and the experiences, but they did not have the necessary violence in their spirit. This will explain what violence is. God requires a pure violence that will make his people stand in one accord, loyal to one another. Predetermined to walk together with God together. Regardless of anything that anyone says or does, this is the missing ingredient in most movements. That's a good one. And I'm looking for this loyalty, and that's what I was repenting this week, because I don't want to go back and to solve my problems, have to break the loyalty. And Lord, help us, because if you want to use us, bless us, give us this loyalty that you have. That even Jesus hung in the cross for nothing that he had done, but because of what he, he was covering for us. You know, and we were talking about that on Thursday, and we were reading Isaiah, we were finishing and we jumped from Isaiah 13 to 58 just to because we tend to make our religious acts more important than the relationship. And Isaiah is a clear picture of that because they were like asking God, God, how come we have been so religious? We have done everything right. We fasted. And we come and sacrifice. And we come to the temple. And God was not listening. Because they were not relating right. And then Isaiah says, Is this verse 6? Is this not the fast which I choose? To loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Is it not to divide our bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house? And when you see the naked, to cover him. We are all naked. We're all exposed and raw. But instead of exposing, we come and we cover. 
We come and bring healing. We come and say, Lord, by your grace, let us be those like that song that we said. When, when did we do that? When did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you naked? And said, when you did it to the least of this, you did it to me. True tablets. Covenant with God and covenant with one another. I also found another one that was a little loose paper that was so real to me many, many years ago. I'm going to read this, okay? This is a, this we call the disciples' focus. I'm withdrawing myself to totally from a position of judgment. I'm not going to judge anyone because the minute I do, deception can enter in and my judgment will be colored. I dedicate myself to this. Whatever, whatever I have to serve as one of his servants with authority, I will have a word from God and not a conclusion of my own heart. No matter how honest I have tried to be. Whatever God lays before me as a responsibility for me to take care of, I will refuse to enter into the conclusions that my own heart would give. I will look to the Lord for revelation in the matter. When the Lord gives me a revelation, gives me revelation concerning a situation, I may not know why it is so. I may have no proof. I may have no example to show anyone. I have positioned myself that if I speak something of counsel or direction to a brother, it will be my revelation. I may have all the facts about a situation, but to make them the basis of any decision is not valid. The facts can lie to you. Facts can be interpreted by different eyes that see them. Yeah. When only God sees the situation as it really is. I'm not going to judge. I'm, gonna, I'm going to lay every need in God's lap and believe for God to speak to me by revelation. This is what, I, what should be. If I do not have enough revelation to minister this way, I certainly do not have enough wisdom to sit as a judge on my brother. Lord, we, you have given us the principles of the kingdom. You've taught us about relationship and communication, about the family spirit, of being a, a community. Now equip us. Heal us. Set the bones back together like Psalm 51 talks about. You know, bring, restore the joy of your salvation. You know, restore the joy of us being together to love one another. You know, and, and, and help each one in the healing. You know, I'm taking this class and I'm going to stop, but about reconciliation and restoration. And it's talking about 
this book that I finished reading is called The Other Side of Sin. And it's all about how we need to be healed in relationships. We need, you know, anybody sick? Confess. Confess to one another. Confess your walls. Confess your wounds. And receive the healing. I bless this for us. You know, and we include everyone. Everyone that we, we love. You know, and, and I've been thinking a lot about people that we haven't seen. And I'm, I just want this heart not judging, but just loving and saying, bless. You know, he said, even bless your enemies. Bless those that hurt you, that wounded you. You know, and, and I want to achieve that heart, Lord. Please. I bless this for us.